Take our Bibles and turn there tonight. Nehemiah chapter number 4. We're going to continue our thought about a thankful man is a thankful man with maybe just a little different passage tonight. But uh, I, I want to encourage us again, even as we did Sunday night, Psalm 116, verse number 12 is really where we've taken our verse for these messages. Of course, we've been in different passages, but Psalm 116, verse number 12 says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? And so we want to look at that again tonight here in Nehemiah chapter number 4. A thankful man is a thankful man. And we said excuse me, Saturday night, Saturday night. I've been with the kids, so give me a second. Sunday night, not Saturday night. Sunday night, we looked at Psalm 95. And we mentioned three actions that we can render to the Lord for all of His benefits. We said a bold herald a bowed head and a broken heart. And tonight we're going to kind of, it's going to kind of be similar again tonight here in Nehemiah chapter number 4. We're going we're to see what we can render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward us. Now I'm, I'm going to read the entirety of this chapter, so stay with me and then we'll get right into the message and we'll, we'll try not to be long tonight so that we can have plenty of time to pray. I, I'm sure Steve mentioned it or somebody mentioned it, but let's pray for Sunday a lot of folks have been invited, a lot of first responders, and I know everybody individually has invited a lot of folks. And so let's just pray they'll come, okay? 10.30 on Sunday, and we'll have a meal afterwards. So just pray that folks will come. And uh, they better come because we've got a lot of chicken ordered. So if they don't, y'all have to eat a lot of chicken, okay? So, and barbecue as well. Nehemiah chapter number 4, let's begin reading. The Bible says, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall. Uh, Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah, you know, you know the books there. Ezra, the remnant comes back after the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And in the book of Ezra, they rebuild. What did they rebuild in the book of Ezra? Not the wall. That's what we're going to look at tonight in Nehemiah. What did they rebuild in Ezra? The temple. They rebuild the temple in the book of Ezra. And then in the book of Nehemiah, now they're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Now there's a message I mean, there's so many messages here in uh, Nehemiah chapter number 4. And so I hope 
We'll at least get what we're going to look at later down in the chapter. He said, But it came to pass that when Samballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. There's much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst amongst them and slay them and cause the work to cease. He said, Hey, the people are tired. There's much work to be done. There's a lot of rubbish. And the enemy thinks because we're so tired, they're going to be able to sneak in and they're not even going to see, they're not even going to know until we're right on top of them. Verse number 12. It came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I want you to notice verse 14. He says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people. He's not just speaking to just common folk. He's speaking to everybody. He's speaking to the nobles. He's speaking to the rulers. He's speaking to all of the people. And notice what he says. He says, Be not ye afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the enemy. What we're doing here is important. And what's the very next word? Remember. A thankful man is a thankful man who is going to realize that there are some things he needs to render to the Lord. That he needs to give in return. And he says, remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Now before he says the word remember, what does he say? He said, don't be afraid. He says, be ye, or excuse me, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Hey, if there's a thought in your mind of being afraid of the enemy, then at that moment when there's a thought of being afraid, you need to remember your Lord. And he continues on, he says, which is great and terrible. Now that, that's, we look at that and we think terrible. We're like, oh, you know, we think of terrible, we think of a, a terrible kid. That kid is just terrible, you know. That, that's not the idea there. The, the idea is that, that he, yes, he's great. The idea is, is the, speaking of, of the wonders that he does, the things that he does that, that we can't even comprehend. And he says, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the habergeons, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon." For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side and so builded. 
And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large. And we are separated upon the wall one far from another. At what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise at the same time said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which follow me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, may you help us to see just once again that there are some things that if we will be a thankful people, it will just make good Christian sense that there are some actions that we should render back to you. And so, Lord, I pray tonight here, even in Nehemiah chapter number 4, that we would see there are some actions that we as your children should render back to you. So I pray that you would remind us. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would grow us tonight. Father, I pray that you would strengthen us tonight. Father, the enemy is not our friend. We know that. The enemy has a desire to come in maybe when we're tired. Maybe when the task seems overwhelming. And the enemy desires to come in and to attack. And Lord, help us to remember if we're going to be ready for that, there are some things that we need to render back to you. And so remind us of that tonight. Father, we pray for our children, our teenagers tonight, all the workers. Father, may you use them in a wonderful way tonight. Father, may your word go forth with clarity, with truth tonight. Uh, Father, that, that's why we're here. We're here to give the word. We're here to give the truth. And may we do that very clearly and very carefully tonight. Father, may we never waste the time that you give us. Father, may we use it very wisely. Help us during these next few moments. We commit them to you. We ask that you'd bless them in a special way. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me give you these three tonight. Three actions in Nehemiah chapter number four. Or not necessarily actions, but individuals, actions that need to be rendered back to God because of who He is, because of what He does. Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight. In verse number 20, he says, In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Notice this, Our God shall, what's the word there? Fight for us. Number one tonight, as we think about what, what shall I render unto the Lord for all, of his, excuse me, for all of His benefits toward us. Number one, we ought to be workers who are courageous. Number one tonight, God deserves workers who are courageous. God deserves children. God deserves children, or excuse me, Christians. God deserves church members tonight who are Courageous. We know what that word courage means. It means faith in God's promises. He needs workers. He deserves workers who are courageous. Workers who have faith in His promises. Now, listen, I understand tonight, and we see it all throughout the Scriptures. I understand that there are times, and really most of the time, 
Most of the time in our lives, most of the time in the life of the nation of Israel, they lived in moments that seemed absolutely overwhelming for them. I mean, you come out of Egypt, you get to the Red Sea, a moment that is absolutely overwhelming, is it not? There's no place to turn. Okay, moments that seem absolutely overwhelming. And that is God's point throughout our lives and throughout the life of the nation of Israel is, Look, I am here to do that which seems overwhelming to you. I am here to fight for you. Look, yes, the enemy, the enemy does not want these walls to be rebuilt. They, they do not want the temple to be protected. They do not want Jerusalem to be protected. They do not want your homes to be protected. The enemy does not want this wall rebuilt. But I'll fight for you. You don't have to be afraid. And he says in verse number 14, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible. And notice, and fight. And he gives a list of individuals that they were to fight for. And fight for you. By the way, pretty, pretty all-inclusive list. He says, and fight for your brethren. Those that are standing side by side with you, that are working every day, that are rebuilding the wall. He said, fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. God deserves workers who are courageous. We, we saw it back up in the earlier part of Nehemiah chapter 4. Look, the, the, their strength, their strength was decayed. Look what the Bible says in verse number 10. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. They were weak physically. Their strength was decayed. Why? There is, the Bible says, and there, look, there's still much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. If we're going to rebuild the wall, we've got to re- get rid of the bur- rubbish first. So that we can rebuild the wall. Their strength was decayed. Their spirit, their spirit was deflated. Their strength was decayed. Their spirit was deflated. Their sight was dimmed. Why? They they had their sight on the greatness of the task instead of the great God of the task. Now let me ask you tonight... What they were doing, was that a great task? Yeah, it tells us. Uh, Look, if you would, in verse number... Just look at verse 17. Let's begin in verse 17. They which build in the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. The task was great. Uh, Look at... uh, Let's see. Look at verse 19. That's the verse I want. Verse 19. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is what? Great and large. The work is great and large. It's massive. There's a lot to be done. I I acknowledge there's a lot to be done. He says the work is great and the work is large and we are separated upon the wall one from another. Look, I understand it's great, it's large and, and, and sometimes we, we might feel lonely because we're separated from each other. It's a great task, but listen tonight, in the work of the Lord we have a great and a large task. And do you ever feel alone in that task? Do you ever feel like nobody else knows what you're going through in that task? Hey, mom's in here tonight. 
Do you ever feel like dad doesn't totally understand everything sometimes? He doesn't ever understand everything you go through during the day? Because can I tell you tonight, the task of raising children is large and great. And it's never been greater than it is today. If we want to raise kids who are going to meet the enemy at the gate, as the Bible says in Psalm 128 or 127, if we're going to raise children who are going to meet the enemy in the gate, that's a large and great task. It's a task of diligence. It's a task that requires diligence every single day. And you have to stay at it every day. Whether it's raising children, whether it's, whether it's um, strengthening a marriage, whether it's uh, seeing people saved, whether it's ministering in a church, whatever the task is, it's large and great. But God deserves workers who are courageous, who have faith in His promises. He said, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the enemy. When you ever get the notion or the inkling to begin to be afraid or to allow fear to come in, don't do it. He said, at that moment, here's what you do. Remember. Remember the Lord. A thankful man is a thankful man. And a thankful man is a courageous man. He said, you remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And when you remember who He is, you fight. Because really, you're not the one fighting. He's going to fight for you. Verse 20 tells us that. He says, you fight. You be courageous. He says, fight for your brethren. Excuse me, fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. God deserves workers who are courageous. Number two. And that's, look, that's the main one tonight. These other two are absolutely important. But these other two are really a result of number one. If there are workers who are courageous, then these other two will happen. He needs Christians He needs Christians who are going to tell the truth and who are going to give the truth no matter what. Remember in the book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter number one, God comes to Jeremiah and He commissions Jeremiah and He sends Jeremiah forth and Jeremiah said, I, I, I can't. And God assures him that He can. But one of the little phrases in Jeremiah chapter number 1 that is so intriguing to me is He says this. He says, Jeremiah, be not dismayed at their faces. And what he meant by that was very simply... Jeremiah, you're going to preach and to prophesy to people who do not want to hear what you have to say, for the most part. You're going to get looks, you're going to get scowls, you're going to get mean faces. You're you're not going to get a lot of smiles and you're not going to get a lot of amens. Don't be dismayed at their faces. Moms and dads, don't be dismayed at their faces. Hey, Sunday school teachers, don't be dismayed at their faces. You're going to get the looks... Just give the truth. And so number one tonight, God deserves workers who are courageous. Number two, God deserves wickedness to be confronted. And by the way, if workers are courageous, they will. 
God deserves wickedness to be confronted. In the first part of the book of, or excuse me, the first part of chapter number four, we see the opposition to the rebuilding of the wall. We see the opposition to Nehemiah. We have Sanballat, we have Tobiah, and they come and they make fun. Are you going to build the wall in a day? Are you, are you going to make an end in a day? Even if a fox goes upon the wall, it's going, to, it's going to knock it down. And they're mocking them and they're making fun of them. In verse number 7, we have the enemy conspiring against the remnant that has returned against Nehemiah and the workers. In verse 7 it says, But it came to pass that when Sembalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. And what did they do? What's the second word in verse number 8? Conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, you know what Nehemiah says? Wickedness has to be confronted. And we're going to be courageous individuals. And the Bible says here, Nehemiah says, Nevertheless, they're conspiring to fight against Jerusalem. They're conspiring to hinder what's going on. He said, Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. And then they did what? And set a watch against them day and night because of them. Because of the conspirators, because of the ones that that wanted to hinder the work in Jerusalem, we prayed and we set a watch. We prayed. That's, That's the most important thing, right? First thing they did is they went to the God of heaven. They prayed. First thing they did is they went to the very one who had sent them there to do the task. Right? Okay, so when the task is great and large, who's the first one we go to? Him. And the Bible says they prayed, and the Bible says they set their watch. They were on guard, and they were watching, they were guarding. And he says, because of them. Number one, God deserves workers who are courageous. Number two, God deserves for wickedness to be confronted, and not only confronted, but to be conquered. He deserves wickedness to be confronted. I read an article today. By the way, it was an article by a so-called conservative. um, Trying to think of the right word I want to use. Prognosticator, if I could use that word. And it was an article about the elections yesterday. You know, there were some elections in Kentucky. There were some elections in Mississippi and and, uh, Virginia and Ohio. Uh, in high, excuse me. In Ohio, they had on the ballot, they were voting to make, and I may get this a little wrong if I do, forgive me, but they were voting to make abortion legal up to a certain point. I, I don't remember what it was, but it was a, it's a pretty good, which abortion anytime is wrong, but they, they wanted to push it as far as they possibly could. And by the way, it passed. It passed. And this conservative prognosticator wrote, this column and it was written to Republicans and by the way she would call herself a Republican and in the column she says if Republicans are going to do anything in 2024 they need to stop talking about abortion because abortion is costing them elections ever since the Supreme Court did what they did last summer she said 
abortion is costing Republican elections because more people in America want abortion to be legal than they don't. Okay, I always thought that was wrong, but I, I think maybe that might be true now. That there are more people in America who are okay with abortion than not okay. God deserves workers who are courageous who will confront wickedness. And abortion is wickedness. And that's not the message tonight, but it's just a column I read today is in my mind. That, that needs to be confronted. And, and no, we shouldn't stop talking about that just because we may lose an election. It's, it's important. It speaks of the morality of a nation. God, the, the Bible doesn't say that God will bless a nation because they elect more Republicans than Democrats. The Bible says that God will exalt a righteous nation. Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. We know that tonight. And God deserves workers who are courageous, who when the enemy comes and the enemy conspires and want to hinder the work that is being done, whatever the work is, whether it's the walls, whether it's, it's, it's going out on a Saturday, whether it's preparing for a Sunday school class or preparing for a master club class, or whether it's trying to be a good husband, the enemy will conspire against the large and great work. He doesn't want it to be successful. He doesn't want it to be completed. And he will conspire against it. And God deserves workers who are courageous. And those workers, he deserves those workers to confront wickedness. And Nehemiah said, this is what we did. Nevertheless, verse number 9, he says, We prayed and we set a watch. We prayed and we set the watch. God deserves people, workers, who will confront wickedness. And who will say, nope, not happening here. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was looking today at some quotes, just thinking about Sunday and getting ready for Sunday. I was looking at some quotes from our forefathers and from our founding fathers. And one of the quotes by uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, he, he made the quote. He says, Providence has given us the ability to elect our own rulers. And we must elect rulers who are Christians. And we've come to a point in our day and even in our churches where we have bought this freedom of religion. And please don't misunderstand what I'm saying tonight, but every, it's okay, everybody has freedom of religion and freedom to worship the way, the way they want to worship. And so now that has overtaken us as Christians and it's overtaken our nation which was begun as a Christian nation. So that now even as Christians, we're okay. It's okay. They have, they have their rights too. They, they, can, they can pass laws just like we can pass laws. It's their rights. No, no, we ought to be a people who are promoting and propagating and pushing forward Christian values and Christian law 
and the Word of God, that's what we were founded upon. And God deserves courageous workers who are going to confront wickedness. I was talking to someone just a couple of days ago, and you know, just conversation always seems to go to certain areas. But you know, I just t- I told him, I said, "Look, we we are where we're at because of us. It's our fault. Judgment must begin at the house of God. It's our fault." You said, "No, no, no. It's 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 the wicked agenda out there." Okay, I, I get all that. Satan's working, and Satan will forever be working until he is thrown into the lake of fire. Satan is working, yes, and there's a lot of wickedness, yes, but. It has been our lack of confronting and pushing back against wickedness. And Nehemiah said, you know what? Nevertheless, we prayed and we set our watch. Number one, God deserves workers who are courageous. Number two tonight, those workers should confront wickedness. He deserves wickedness to be confronted. And then lastly tonight, He deserves the walls to be constructed. He deserves for the walls to be constructed. Verse number 19, And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one far from another. By the way, whatever the wall is tonight, whether it's a good home, whether it's giving the gospel, whether it's a good marriage, whatever it may be tonight, whether it's confronting wickedness, the walls need to be constructed. Walls need to be constructed. Walls are not bad. Walls keep us out of trouble. Walls keep us in and they keep the enemy out. Walls are safe. You ever hear somebody say, we want to break the walls down? Be careful. I'm not saying they're bad or wrong. I'm just saying you be careful. You, you do some investigating. He says, the work is great and large, and we're separated upon the wall one far from another. In what place, therefore, you hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. And what did they do? So we labored in the work. It's a great task, and it's a large It's worthy of our labor. Let me say it that way. It's worthy of our labor. Moms and dads, it's worthy of your labor to pray and open the Word of God with your children. It's worthy of your labor. And can I say this tonight for you who still have kids at home? You only get a short amount of time. It's worthy of our labor. So we labored in the work. Half of them held the spears from the rise of the morning till the stars appear. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be excuse me, a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off all, excuse me, put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Glad they did that. I'm sure everybody around, they were glad that each other did that. But let me ask you, are those good working environments? I mean, you're trying to build a wall and got a sword in one hand and a trowel in another. I mean, you're, you're doing both. You're not changing clothes. My 16-year-old son, 
when he works during the summer, he'll change clothes four times a day because he doesn't like to be dirty. And, and if he goes and, and weed eats the ditch, he's going to come in and take a shower. And then if he goes and play and shoots basketball for an hour or so, he's going to come and take an... He doesn't like to be dirty. Son, just washed your clothes two days ago. And there's like 30 garments in your hamper. Not the grandest working environment. But the task was worth it. The task was worth it. Okay, if we, if, we, if we have to stand guard at night and then work during the day, and we'll grab sleep wherever we can, that's what we're going to do because the task is worth it. The, the enemy is constant. The enemy is going to continue. But the task is worth it. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? Three things that I can render is I can be a worker who is courageous. Be not ye afraid of them. Remember. A thankful man is a thankful man and a thankful man is a courageous man. Be not ye afraid of them. Remember. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Hey, don't give those up for anything. We say, Pastor, I, you know, my kids are gone and I probably could have done a little bit more and I didn't do everything I should and they're not exactly what I want them to be. Then you know what you do now? You pray. You pray and you fast. And you pray and you fast. You pray. So again, if you still have little ones at home right now, use your time wisely. It'll be gone in a moment. And then they'll begin to make their own decisions. The task is great and large and it's worth it. If you work in a ministry at Maranatha Baptist Church, the task is large and great, but it's worth it. And sometimes the working environment is not perfect. But at least we get to change and wash our clothes every day, don't we? He deserves workers who are courageous. He deserves for wickedness to be confronted. And He deserves the walls to be constructed. He deserves for us to finish the job, does He not? In chapter number 6, look at verse number 15 and we'll be done. Now by the way, if we went back and read chapter number 6, actually if we, if we went back and read chapter number 5 and the first part of chapter number 6, it's just a continuation of opposition. Sambalat, Tobiah, uh, they're there. You find it in chapter 5, you find it in chapter 6. Sembalat, Tobiah, and Geshem. But in verse number 15, the Bible says, So the wall was finished. In the twenty and fifth day of the month, Elul, in fifty and two days. That's pretty good, isn't it? 
That's pretty good work, isn't it? 52 days, the Bible says. And the wall was completed. Why? Because there were workers who were courageous, who saw the greatness and the largeness of the task, and they said it's worth it. There were workers who were courageous who were willing to confront wickedness. By the way, sometimes you may have to confront that wickedness in your own family or in your church family. That's not easy, is it? But sometimes you have to. And there were workers who were, excuse me, courageous who understood that the wall needed to be constructed. Because the temple needed to be protected, the city of Jerusalem needed to be protected, their houses, their well-being needed to be protected. What did he say there in verse number 14? He said, fight for your brethren, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your houses, fight for your wives. They understood the task. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of His benefits toward me? What I can render is a person who understands the task and who is diligent in it. We have allowed the world to lull us into complacency and comfort. And we forget about the largeness of the task. And we forget about the greatness of the task. We have a world of flesh and the flesh and the devil who has lulled us into sleep. When it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our children, when it comes to our church families, and the largeness and greatness of the task. And they lull us into sleep and we let, we allow the television to raise our kids. We allow the world to tell us how our marriages ought to be. We, tell, we allow the world to tell us how our church ought to be. And then before we know it, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we look back and we're like, oh no. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I don't, no, it's too, it's too late. It's too late with my kids or it's too late with my marriage. What does he deserve? What can I render to him? A worker who is courageous who has faith in His promises. I pray that will be us tonight. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the truth of it. Thank You for the wonderful application of it. That the truth of Your Word from thousands of years ago, we can apply it to our lives right now on November the 8th, 2023. And it's still just as applicable and profitable today as it was then. And as it will be 2,000 years in the future, it's profitable and it's applicable and it teaches us and it corrects us and it puts us, it leads us in the way of righteousness, in the path of righteousness. And Father, we thank you for that tonight. Father, help us as we go to our time of prayer. Hear us, intercede for us, do for us what we can't do for ourselves, but we're acknowledging that we can't and that's why we're coming to pray. So, Lord, please help us tonight. We'll thank you for it. Give us safety as we go to our homes tonight. Bring us back together on Sunday, Lord, and we'll look forward to a wonderful day around your word. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. It's just about 3 till 8. If you can stay and pray, that'll be great. If you need to go, I understand.